Kitty. Hey. <laughs> Hello, universe. Of which my cat just became a direct participant. What you doing out here? Um, how goes it, universal delusion of massive and yet oh so worthwhile um, creation? I do enjoy the ride. And I can't promise in this episode there won't be some <clears throat> blubbering. And not on the cat's part, or the dog's part, who currently is on my left. What up, Bubba? Kitty, what are you doing out here? Good to see ya. Cat, uh, making a guest appearance. Must be episode, what are we, 13? Because that would make sense, because Kitty's, Kitty's bad luck. Why, what's the 13th thing? What is the date? It's like the date that the Knights of Templar slaughtered a whole bunch of people or something. <clears throat> of course, that's a bad day. Bad luck day. But uh, that's not at all what I'm here to talk about. In fact, what I'm here to talk about today is how, uh, how it is that, um, how it is that I am um, working through the misfit nature of being me in a universe that I thought for the longest time uh, was simply a misfit place for everybody. Instead of that, I just hadn't figured out how easy it was to reset and fit into the universe. So <clears throat> the uh, last three years, I've worked a total of 10, well now 10 and a half, 11 actually, wait, 11, somewhere around 10 to 11 months. And, uh, and, the uh, the break, the main break in that was because I had two uh, episodes at my job at Kroger that uh, were um, that were alarming. The first one was alarming. The second one isn't as alarming because at least I have a memory of the second one. The first one I still don't remember. And um, the first one I just had a I had helped somebody get a, a tree loaded outside during Christmas season. And then in walking in, a manager approached me, asked me something. A manager who was totally cool, too, like, and I had a great relationship with. And I just freaked out and, and started yelling. And it's not apparent what I'm yelling, but it's clear that I'm raising my voice because you can see me bellowing in the video that they did show me. And uh, so that episode... Uh, got me on uh, uh, <laughs> got me on medical leave and sent me to a psychiatrist who put me on an antipsychotic called uh, Risperidol, which I <clears throat> which meant I had to stop smoking weed, which meant that I had to uh, see this guy regularly. I saw him for six weeks every other week, and then I saw him a seventh time for an evaluation. But the point is. So over the course of three months, essentially, it turned into like four and a half, uh, I was evaluated by this uh, medical team. And during this time, um, was supposed to be taking Risperidol for, well, I took it for the first, it was like five or six weeks before I quit. And uh, I quit because while at first it was okay, it got to the point where I felt like I was just... I couldn't, I could not 
concentrate on anything. All I could do was simple tasks. Like I could, I could, I could um, do dishes, for instance, but I couldn't uh, decide what to put on a shopping list for dinner. And so uh, there was some clarity at first, which I think might have just been uh, getting uh, away from weed that uh, gets your kind of uh, whatever excuse me, maybe day-to-day -day routines that have uh, not gone as well, like how I haven't painted the bathroom for six years. Trust me, that in the weed. But it's, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm, I, you know, I go back and forth on this stuff, but I took myself off of it because I thought it was awful. Um, and I've been right ever since. And frankly, have been clear as a bell ever since. And think I was clear as a bell at the time for reasons that didn't involve actually the antipsychotic. And maybe the antipsychotic was some sort of catalyst or trigger that gave me uh, an opportunity to recover some sort of uh, brain connectivity that I had mis misplaced, mislaid, whatever. I, I don't know. I don't even care. It, and uh, this is part of where I just feel reprogrammed, where I woke up 24 hours later, a different person. And I, I have three very distinct moments of feeling like that happened to me. This is one of them. And uh, so after the four and a half month evaluation, I thought that I was then clear to go back to King Supers whenever I wanted to. So I kept putting that off and I kept putting that off because for whatever reason, I just couldn't face the idea of going back to work at that place. And I knew I should. I mean, of course I should. I was selling everything I had of value to just stay alive. So <clears throat> as, I, as I got to a point where I no longer, oh, and during this time, I had the solar flare of Lily at her most maniacal, other than one other time, which goes back in history, but her most maniacal in the sense that she and I had conversations that were just giving me insight into who I am. <sighs> And I have some of that recorded and I won't share any of it without asking Lily if she'll participate. So maybe someday some of that will emerge. But for now, just know that that was critical to me. And I could not explain that to anybody. <laughs> Nobody would understand that for whatever reason, I needed to drill into as far as I could the mind of the delusional schizophrenic so that I could realize how to wind back reality in a meaningful way for myself. And I think though, uh, for those who know me the best, I think most of them would say that it worked because I feel like it worked. In fact, I feel like that wasn't a process of, um, of two delusional dipshits playing PlayStation until something meaningful occurred. I was constantly gaining more and more uh, footing as I used both Lily's attacks and defenses to reorganize myself. So, like I said, I'm not sure she's not my guardian angel. I hope she's not, and I hope I'm not hers. But if I am, I'm up to the challenge. So, sorry about the sniffles. Uh, so the, the reason I thought there might be some blubbering 
on this uh, little journey was because I know I wanted to say some things about um, if my mom's listening, I, there's a couple things I got to get out of the way, and I think she's going to listen to some of this stuff. And then if I were her, I'd turn it off, but I don't know if she has the ability to say no. However, there's nothing I'm doing anymore that I'm hiding behind. I don't want to be, I want to be fully exposed to everything. There's no deceit I want to have. I don't want to be, I don't want to be duplicitous about anything. And I don't really have all that much to hide. I just realized how much I was hating myself to the point that I was allowing myself to be just a, uh, uh, about the, the least uh, honorable version of myself that I could possibly imagine being. So the person who took the brunt of that is my mother. And uh, when I say she took the brunt of it, I mean that um, when I was at my most uh, deviant and uh, when I was being my least, uh, when I was uh, it also being my neediest, uh, when I was uh, so full of lies, I couldn't really uh, even move forward in conversation in groups because it was hard to remember all of the different versions that uh, I was sharing that didn't or might not be lining up in real time. There was just a ton of uh, manipulation going on and I was directly manipulating my family members. And I'll say this much. Uh, at some point, my sister just drew a sword and, and chopped my hand off and said enough. And uh, at some other point, uh, my father just left the room. And the only person who stuck by me, even in my most delusional state, and I'll explain what I mean by this in a second, but the only person who stuck by me without fail was my mother. And to the point that I'm sure she got criticism from both my father and my sister for being weak and manipulated and taken because she was by me. Uh, and I say that knowingly because in, in real time, I knew I was so desperate I couldn't admit what I was doing, but I had no other choice. And it was despicable. It's awful because it was all self-inflicted. It was never something that I couldn't have done better with in every case. And while all that hurts, it just makes me feel, makes me feel, uh, makes me feel in some ways um, like the true disappointment I never thought I should be. But I'm not so much disappointed in all of that as in this one thing. And that is, my mom never drew a line. She never said, that's enough. And in some ways, I always thought that was kind of weak. Whereas I always understood my sister's reaction. I never kind of really understood my mom's. Until recently, <laughs> when I 
I just had that moment of clarity where I was like, oh, I totally get it. You know? <sighs> because I asked everybody around me to give more than was fair. And then I asked them to give even more. And then I asked them to give themselves to me in a way that was delusional. And they knew it. <sighs> and my mom... <sighs> She never said no, you know. She was always there for me, even when I knew I was being terrible. And uh, what it did is it forced her to choose between the reality that my my father and my sister were were adamant about staying inside of, and her son. I made her make that choice. It's such an unfair thing to have done. And I'm so shameful for having put you there. I never thought about it until recently how hard that must have been. I, I just don't know what to say, except I'm sorry. I'm sorry I acted in a way that put you in a position to have to choose me versus them. And I know I did. Oh, I owe you so much. But boy, did I owe you better in the moment there. And I failed you. I failed them too, obviously, but I failed you the biggest because you gave me the most. Undeservedly, you gave me the most. You gave me your life. So, having gotten through that now, I want you to know, and now see how important it is to live the way that uh, that you raised me to live. And uh, I, had, uh, I had somewhat given up on believing in myself. I think you know this. But I no longer feel that way. I know I'm not going to fail. I know that I've, I've, for whatever reason, I've got only one thing left to do, and that's to never, ever be anything but me again. And in so doing, you know I'll always be there for you. Because I love you. <sighs> and somehow I let go of that. So for that, I will always be ashamed. But you can, you can, I think even you'll agree, for the first time maybe, you can count on me, Mom. 